0: hola and welcome back to unpredictable i'm your host john orcino and this is episode number 16 i believe um so today i want to go over a little bit about you know how i how i approach the gyms and surgery um i know a lot of people have been asking me you know how have i adapted to you know new forms of working out um you know, before, before my surgery, I was pretty active in the gym. Um, I didn't have any trouble, you know, performing any specific exercises. So after surgery it was pretty difficult for me to, you know, understand the proper path to go down to figure out, you know, which ways I should work out, you know, for a while I struggled with, you know, I want to build muscle, you know, every, you know, again, everyone wants to, to look their absolute best you know the summer bod all that bullshit but i was kind of you know reluctant to understand that i need to focus a lot on my you know my range of motion so for example so you see how quickly i move you know again i'm sorry um if you're listening to this you're not gonna be able to watch what i'm doing so i'm moving my hands right now Um, so you can see how quick I move this hand right here, but look how quick I can move this hand. So that's an automatic, you know, sign that, you know, I lost a lot of coordination in my left side of my body. So another thing is range of motion. So when I go straight up with this arm versus going straight up with this arm, it takes a lot more, you know, focus. You know, when I come down, it kind of just wants to come down there's no slow you know it's it's much more difficult for me to control it you know another another example i can use is boxing i can throw a punch but i can only throw it so fast because my arm has no control really it doesn't want to come straight back it wants to it wants to flow it around so if you want to throw the hands then you know you're probably going to walk away with a w so but anywho, so I want to go, I want to go into what I what I've done to really, you know, pay attention to progression, but also maintaining and gaining muscle. How do I incorporate, you know, some of my exercises I've learned throughout my my therapy sessions, with what I've learned in the gym, and how to, you know, how to build the muscle. So I actually have these books here. Um, when I first, you know, when I first started my little journey after surgery, I liked I like to you know document what I what I worked out. So I have um, this book doesn't have any numbers. So I mentioned in the previous episode. I numbered um, my exercises. What I did daily. Um, pretty so okay. Here we go. This is day one. This <laughs> this is crazy. This is September twentieth of 2018 so i again i my surgery was june 4th so this is what june july it's about three months three like i don't know whatever so what i had to work out then was i did the elliptical for 30 minutes then i would do dips so i remember you know performing the dips so if anybody's familiar with a dip you know i really hope everyone knows what a dip is but I would favor this side of my body, so when I would go down, I would lean to my right side a little bit, which was very awkward, and that was that took a long time for me to you know to get over the little hump. But after dips, I did you know I had one dumbbell I think it was thirty pounds or so, where I would do the shoulder exercises like I, I recently mentioned to con- you know to get the control, and I remember f- from this is when I would go up. My arm, like, it did not want to go straight down. It wanted to go, like, like this way, which was very, very weird. That also took a very long time. That's something I'm actually still working on today, but it's something I've consistently paid attention to, and I know that, you know, I need to keep working at it for, for me to perfect it. I understand that. After dumbbell shoulders, I did box steps. So, on my floor, I have... Uh, I have uh, tile floors that you know form the box. I don't know if anybody is familiar with with that. I hope so. But I would literally like hopscotch when you have to, you know, two, one. You have to jump in the box. I would just take a step into one box, take a step into the box to the right, left. You know what I mean? Like create a create a square, and I would I would literally just do that. And an exercise like that was so difficult for me at the time because again, I could not walk, I was in a wheelchair. So simple exercise like that helped my balance and it helped me you know, continue to progress, which was extremely important for me at the time. After box steps, I would do BOSU balance, okay? So if you're not familiar with the BOSU ball, it's that half ball that's blue. You know, you're pretty sure like every gym has it. It's a very, it's a very popular piece of equipment. So I would, I couldn't balance on this ball for more than two seconds. It would be two seconds one day, maybe three seconds the next day, and it would keep building up to where I'm at today, where I I can stand on the ball. You know, it's still difficult, but you know, it's I can stand on a lot longer than it used to be. So after Bosu balance, I would do a hundred push-ups. Now the hundred push-ups I did, I did every single day and for a very long time. That was the one, you know, the one thing that that contributed most to my the muscle building part. You know, I guess that and the dips was big. That was that gave me a sense of normalcy. You know, a lot of the workouts I had to perform were. um reminded me that I couldn't, you know, I couldn't do a lot of things. So when I was able to do, you know, a simple thing like a push-up or a dip, it kind of reminded me that, you know, it's difficult now, but I can continue continue working and eventually I will get where, you know, where I need to be. Um, okay, here this is a good one, actually. So this is my 100th day after surgery. This is on January 4th. This is March 7th of 2000 I guess 2018 where I would I was still doing the elliptical for 30 minutes Um, this specific day I was doing curls probably with the probably with the lighter so now when I had when I was doing curls so because I lost the coordination of my hand I would be able to bring the curl up but I when I went down I wasn't able to control it going down so again it would float my arm would float so it took a lot of you know, paying attention, it took a lot of, you know, self awareness to understand where I needed to focus on the negative. So that was, you know, that was huge. That took a very long time for me to do that. You know, I still deal with, um I still deal with difficulties with that, you know, today, which is very important to realize um, the curls, then I, I bounced into the dips, I mentioned the dips, chin ups, you know, if you're not familiar with a chin up, you know, you know, you do a pull up where you hold this way a chin up. You're just reversing, okay. Um, same thing with a chin up. I would favor my right side, my dominant side, because my left side was weak, and I, you know, I needed to work. But chin ups was, chi- chin ups was very good. That's something I still incorporate in my workouts today. Amazing calisthenic workout that I highly, highly recommend. Then I have a fly here, so probably a chest fly where I, I don't remember, I don't remember how much weight I did. But same thing. So when I would use my left hand, I would go down, it would float. So I wouldn't be able to go straight back to this, the same position. You know, it would maybe I would get up here. And actually, this actually reminds me when I'd come up, my arm couldn't just stop mid body line. It would go forward. It wouldn't, I wouldn't have the control to just stop it. So when I would go down, it would float. It would float to that point, And then I would come up and it would be difficult for me to just stop it. That was, that was a big thing. That's something I still I still have trouble with today. That's I don't even think I do like dumbbell flies today because I know how difficult it is for me to to control it. So I, I kind of stay away from something like that. It's not really that important for me to to do it I don't if that makes any sense. It's I uh, There's other ways to work your your inner chest your chest muscles than a fly. Um, pull ups I mentioned chin up this way pull up this way and push-ups so again I told you I do the push-ups I did them religiously you know I knew that that was gonna help me build muscle and this was actually a circuit workout so I would do the elliptical no no no. I would start with the elliptical I would do the curls dips chin-ups fly pull-ups push-ups and a circuit so it would just be one set and I would probably do three sets of that so that was the hundredth day okay um let's see what else I got going on here let's see my gun got... um stand by Okay, well this is not gonna work. Uh, this is sixty-two. We were just on hundred. We don't want to re- we don't want to go back. Let's go to the end of this book. Um, this is, I think this is my last book. I kind of stopped documenting because it was, although it was, encouraging me to continue working. It was still it was still reminding me of like how like how much further I needed to go. It was discouraging me pretty badly, so I um I I stopped. But I would say closer to 200 days is when I first started getting into the gym. And that was really when I started to, you know, perfect the range of motion. And that's where I became a big fan of the Smith machine. For all of my people who aren't familiar with the Smith machine, it's the assisted machine. You know, I know a lot of the females, a lot of girls like to do it because you can do lighter weight, but you can control it and you can can really target the muscle you're working on. When I first got in the gym and I would try to do regular chest, uh, the bench, regular squat, but it was difficult for me to control it. So for the chest, I would let's just say I was doing regular bench. I would go up again. This arm would want to float. So it would make the bar kind of cockeyed and it would throw me off my balance. And it just was no bueno. No, I didn't fuck with that shit at all. So I kind of tossed that to the side. I figured out, I adapted to, you know, what I needed to work on, and I bounced to the Smith machine, and, you know, since my recovery has started, the Smith machine has done absolute wonders, and I'll probably continue to use the Smith machine. I'm not really into the the bodybuilding movements, Um, I don't need to be a power lifter, I just like, you know, I, I like to perfect form, I like to perfect, you know, work capacity, volume, So, again, Smith Machine is huge. Back to the squat. So, I mentioned in a previous episode, I believe it was with Danny, that when I squatted, when I was in a regular squat rack, and I would, I would unrack the weight, and taking that you would have to step back when you unracked it. That step would was incredibly difficult for me. It wasn't like it wasn't very simple as you with um, that taking my left foot and being able to place it where it needed to be was close to impossible. It was extremely difficult. So again, I looked for different ways to work on my squat. So I went to the Smith machine, and that has really helped my recovery in in terms of form and in terms of range of motion it was it was perfect and that's something i still i still do in the gym today so let me uh, let me just give an example of how i would go in the gym today what i do in the gym so again as a person who struggles pretty barely as would balance um coordination is still very weak um vision but we'll touch on vision in a little bit i use specific machines that you know don't really encourage me to use too much you know coordination too much balance but encourage range of motion so that's why i i use the smith machine so much when i go in and i do chest you know i have to bench I use the Smith machine, so I can focus on going all the way up. But I don't have to focus on this part right here. It just goes straight back down to where I need it to be, which is which is incredibly important for me. If I go in and I'm doing if I'm doing legs, squatting, squatting on the Smith machine at all times. Now this doesn't mean I can't squat on a regular rack. I can. I I've I've I haven't perfected it, but I've I've tried. I try and switch up every other week to know that my body understands the proper movement. I think it's very important for you to build some type of muscle memory in the gym. And especially in my in my case, it was important for my body to understand which way to lean, which which body part to favor when I'm performing a specific exercise. So that's really how I incorporate different workouts in the gym. And a perfect example is why I'm so passionate about this is um, when I was first uh, when I was first getting back in the gym and this was this was a, a pretty big time for me because I had been out of the gym for for quite a while several months. Um, when you're in a like a retro fitness or an LA fitness, all those commercial gyms, you don't really see anybody with disabilities. I think it's an insurance thing. I'm not really sure. I don't want to point any fingers, but you never see anybody with disabilities. So I walk in the gym one day and there was this there was this little kid and his father and the little kid had cerebral palsy. So I'm not a scientist, I really don't know what the technical term for cerebral palsy is, but it's pretty, It's it looks pretty difficult. I mean, it, for someone to deal with something like that on a daily basis, it, it must be extremely hard. But seeing someone in the gym who was struggling as much as I did, but you can physically see it. Now, that was a big thing for me is when you see me in the gym, you just see somebody who has muscles and, and works out. Like You don't necessarily see someone struggling. So when I saw this person physically struggling, it, you know at the time, it really made me emotional because I was that, I was that person for a very long time who, who I knew I was struggling the most in the gym. Not just the gym, but in life, I was struggling the most. So seeing somebody who was obviously dealing with a lot for them to, you know, step out of their comfort zones and to walk in a gym where they probably knew that they would be they would be talked about, stared at, was it was extremely eye opening for me. I ended up going up to the little Guinness father and I I thanked them. I said, I this is awesome that you are in here showing that, you know, there's much more to this than people think. And although, you know, there had to be 100 people in the gym, every single person was staring at this kid. Like, what are you doing in here? It was just extremely eye opening for me. And that's a big part of why I, I work so hard today is because I know where I was physically and I know how I used to perform in the gym that's what consistently reminds me that I have to continue working as hard as I do for me to stay this path and to work as hard as I do. You know, I need to continue using these different, these different exercises in the gym because they focus not only on building muscle or whatever, but it's focusing on my range of motion. It's helping me recover, you know, and it's been, I mean, You know, next month, the beginning of June, will be my third year since my surgery, okay? And I know, I know it's extremely discouraging for me because I know where I came from. I know where I am now. So, you know, although it is discouraging for me to realize that, you know, I'm still, you know, very far off from my my angle. But it's also encouraging because I can look back and, and see where I was, See where I've come from and be grateful that I am. I am still progressing. I'm still getting better, and I always will continue to get better because that has become my mentality. I'm gonna be the very best at what I do at all times. It's, it's how it is. You know, it's how my brain is. It's fucking like that's what I need to fucking do. I need to show everybody who's down me that I got this shit. You know, I'm going to figure it out. No matter how difficult a road may get for anybody, there's always a way. There's always a way to keep on pushing the boundaries. So I mentioned what I do in the gym. I mentioned how I adapt to my certain surroundings. I adapt, you know, how I work on, you know, building muscle. But I also work on my balance. Another thing I think I need to address here is my my vision okay so It's a, the vision issues that I deal with today are the worst, you know, it's, but it's also the worst because nobody can see it. And that's very difficult for me. A lot of people think because I wear these glasses that I just have glasses on, but you don't realize that I also have contacts on also for my actual vision. You know, I can see 2020 with my contacts on, but when I had my surgery, um, because It was located in the back of my brain closer to my optic nerves um i'm gonna have a, a little bit more of an expert type person to speak about this in a later episode but it had to deal with my coordination. so the coordination behind my eyes was was not damaged but it was kind of you know misplaced they were weakened so i had i have severe double vision in my left eye so immediately after my surgery i mean i really couldn't see out of my left eye it was it was basically like I had to wear an eye patch for most of my time. Several months after surgery, I was wearing the eye patch, but it was something, it was something extremely difficult for me to comprehend the fact that I would never see. So back to the glasses, so I wear my contacts. So my contacts and cards, or in cards, whatever, prescription, okay? I see tw- I see, 2020, but I still have the double vision. So if I cover one eye, I can see phenomenally. If I cover the other eye, fantastic, wonderful. When both of them are working together, it's no bueno, okay? It's just, it's really just not good. Um, So that's why I have these glasses. These are called prism glasses. Um, I'm not sure if anybody is familiar with prisms, but basically it fuses my eyes together to work in one. So as I'm looking, let's just say I'm looking at the camera right now without the glasses on, there's the camera, obviously, but there's also a second little camera, okay? Double vision, okay? The little microphone on top of the camera, okay? I have two of those, double vision. But if I put the glasses on on holy shit one fucking camera okay so that's something i want to address a lot of people is that i have very very bad vision problems right now and back to surgery okay i had to wear the eye patch for quite a while so i had to wear the eye patch for quite a while all right several months or so i was with the eye patch and also in the wheelchair catastrophe i know but once the eyepatch came off, I was still dealing with significant double vision. It was it was pretty bad. OK, for for example, I could not drive. Um, and for everybody who knows me, driving is like a very like a very strong skill I have. OK, I'm a very good driver um, from racing motocross to whatever. I've become very good at operating machines. I don't know what it is I'm very good at it so can you can only imagine what this did to me is that I could not drive I couldn't drive a car I couldn't operate you know my my, my quad you know I couldn't go riding with my friends um, I couldn't operate a boat you know you know my parents had a boat that I would drive all the time couldn't do that um, I couldn't like we would go rent the um, what the fuck are those boats called? A catamaran or whatever, the flat bo- boats, whatever. You go to like FGO for something like that. Couldn't drive that. Um, I had a jet ski at the time. Couldn't drive a jet ski because, again, the vision. It was really stopping me from fully, you know, you know, fully being independent. You know, having, having the most fun. Okay, you don't realize how good your vision is until it's taken away. It's pretty crazy. But, um... So, right now, um, basically, if I were to, uh, like, I would closely relate it to a camera. So, when you when you shake your camera, so you take your phone out, you know, you take your camera out and you, you go like this, your camera can't focus. There's no, it's out of whack. That's basically my eyes. So, when I shake my head like this, I'm dizzy as a fuck, okay? It's very difficult for me to basically stand up and walk because I feel like I'm going to fall over but that's what i mean about vision okay basically picture being drunk all times at all times throughout the day that's basically me okay i i don't drink um it's it really just doesn't cooperate with my whole vestibular system vestibular system has to do with your equilibrium and it controls your vision and all that good stuff. So basically, you know, I can't. I, you know, I don't mess around with anything that encourages my vision to be worse than already it already is. Extremely discouraging. So back to the driving. I just started driving relatively recently. Um, again, we're almost at my third year, you know, post surgery, and I I started driving like this past year, several months ago. So you can only imagine how bad the vision is was um, it still is pretty bad okay these glasses if I don't have these glasses on I will not drive okay so it makes it you know I, I cannot wear sunglasses um, I can't you know I can't just like walk out of the gym or wherever and start driving, okay, I have to make sure these glasses are on me at all times. You know, even when I'm doing something as as you know, as easy as reading or like how I'm looking at my laptop right now, you know, it's much easier for me to have the glasses on when I'm when I'm looking at my laptop because I can see, you know, I can read everything pretty easily versus not having them on. When I'm when I'm watching T V, if I'm laying on a specific side, you know, it's easier for me to lay on this shoulder right here because i'm seeing more out of this eye so i can see i don't have double vision when i look in that corner but if i'm on this shoulder and i look this way it's like almost impossible for me to you know watch anything so i just wanted to quickly you know talk about this you know i wanted to mention because I know a lot of people wonder why I have, why I wear these glasses, but why I also have contacts on. That's extremely important for a lot of people to understand. Is that I have contacts on, but I wear glasses. Okay, let's let's remember that. You know, cement that into the brain. Okay, I'm not wearing these for fun. Okay, I need to wear these for me for to see straight. Okay, if you see me without these on, um, and you and you start fucking waving at me, and I don't wave back. There's a good chance I can't even see you. All right. So let's just, if you listen, if you listen to this, if you watch this, just remember, okay, these glasses aren't on. I would suggest you don't wave at me because you're going to feel real shitty when I don't wave back. All right. So again, I just want to quickly go over this with all of you. I want to mention, you know, slightly elaborate on a lot of the issues that I'm dealing with. But, again, I'm going to have somewhat of an expert sit down on this podcast with me and really dive into the vision issues, you know, that I'm dealing with. But, again, just a quick little summary of what the fuck I'm dealing with, all right? So, listen, everybody, if you guys enjoy, you know, my conversations, if you're inspired and motivated, please, you know, share this with your family, your friends, tell them to tell their family their friends who knows maybe some would be a little bit more interested you know maybe they have some of a like a family member a friend that's dealing with some type of adversity that they need to hear something like this okay i would really love to sit down and speak with somebody who also is facing some you know some sort of you know turmoil some some sort of you know obstacle in front of them that is extremely hard for them to overcome so everybody Let's remember, it is always, always a good day to have a good day. I'm going to catch you on the next one.